I am resilient, so I, I believe um, that I can handle anything um, because I understand how resilience works. That doesn't mean I can't get things wrong, I can't have things happen, but I believe I'm resilient because I've worked a lot at it, particularly at the subconscious level. Welcome to this podcast about resilience. It's one of our most popular reboot courses and for the benefit of lockdown and um, the time that it's given us to reflect on some of the learning material that we've got to support reboot learners, it's given us more thought around this subject of resilience and how we can make it more impactful for our learners. The existing course that we had was absolutely excellent. It had some amazing feedback and it really did get people thinking. But one of the areas that we identified that, you know, was a significant gap was that what do everyday people and everyday professionals do to remain resilient? How do they show those qualities and how do they show up in their everyday lives? Or indeed, how, when they, when they have a bit of a wobble or their resilience reduces, how do they feel? How does that recovery um, manifest itself? Or how quickly do they bounce back and show flexibility or elasticity? So, um, the course in itself introduces key concepts of resilience. What does it mean? Where does it come from? And the, the characteristics and the traits. And we get into expanding that with our learners. And what, I've, what I thought would be great and rich for our learners and our listeners is to invite two really lovely guests that are also excellent, um, you know, gurus, professionals, and also good colleagues of mine and have a proven track record in the world of mentoring with Reboot. I've invited them to join me um, in some discussions about what resilience is and what it means to them and how they notice it in the world around them, in the people that they work with. So first of all, I would like to introduce Sarah. Sarah Trout, who is one of our lovely mentors, and I'll let her say a few things about herself, Sarah, if that's okay. Thank you, Lou. Um, so, yes, I'm Sarah Trout, and I feel privileged to be a Reboot mentor, um, and I have been for uh, two and a half years and worked with a number of mentees that have demonstrated significant resilience, and I think what I've noticed within the group is the ability to be able to build their resilience muscle. Um, outside of Reboot, I work as a transformational coach and leadership coach. And my particular passion, my particular thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is around behavioral change um, and mindset and working with people to overcome the limitations that they might put on themselves to be the best they can possibly be. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you, Sarah, for that intro. And A.D. Cole, um, would you like to say a couple of words about yourself? Uh, hi, uh, I'm A.D. Cole. Uh, my name's Adrian, actually. People call me A.D. these days. Uh, I, I'm like Sarah uh, in that now I work as a coach. How you describe me is more to do with where you are. Um, if you're an athlete, I'm a performance coach. If you're a business person, I might be a transformational coach. If you're somebody struggling with depression, anxiety, stress, I might be an emotional coach. And I market myself as a confidence coach. <clears throat> and that stems from my own journey. Uh, and uh, I work in the subconscious because I believe that's the way to play. Because since all behavior is subconscious, I have sought out people who are most effective in this area, train with them. And I, I, I kind of use what I've learned and what I continue to learn 
to gain results in this area. And, and I'm a reboot mentor as well. I'm proud of it. It's a marvelous organization. So, and, it, and it, I feel very privileged to be having this conversation because these are conversations you kind of dream of having with a bit more clarity and time to put the a, a real flavor to a conversation. And, and it would be fair to say that when most of us meet up outside of work, or maybe it's on the back of work, we're usually whizzing around and, and we don't have time to ever finish and complete a meaningful, impactful conversation. And I know we all walk away thinking, oh, I wish we'd have talked about that, or I'm, or I'm sad because we didn't get enough time together. I know that's how I, I feel on the back of meeting up with you guys. So I'm really happy that we've got this hour, this hour of our time, whereby we can, we can get into this subject and talk about it in a bit more detail um, I think it's really important for anyone listening to this to, to know that us three individuals are, we're not perfect. We've, we've been around a few blocks. We have taken a few knocks and we've explored that concept of recovery in many different ways. And often it's pixelated, it's multidimensional and just when you think it, you've got it nailed, something else comes out of the sidelines and, and makes you think differently. So um, this is a subject that all of us, for me, we're all working on it. We're all considering it, playing around with it. And I know personally during the pandemic, these four or five months at home as a mother who's been doing some school stuff with her kids, trying to run two businesses and um, think about reboot learning and its impact or perhaps less of an impact at the moment because mentoring has been really important for individuals to tap into. So yeah, resilience is something that is, is worth exploring for everyone. We certainly haven't got it sewn up is my spin on that. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I think absolutely, Lou. Um, and often we think about resilience as the big um, challenges in life, the epic adventures, the stuff that's happening that um, is, you hear about in the news and stuff like that. Um, as a working mum, um, two children homeschooling at the moment, I can completely empathise with where you're at. And my resilience is tested on a daily basis. And for me, it's about the micro resilience. So the, the situations that crop up, that take us off the route that we're planning to go down um, and how we respond to that is absolutely important. Um, and I always view resilience as a muscle um, and I work when people see it as a muscle and they they understand that it's something they can develop. You know, it's not something that is built into people. It's something they build themselves. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, AD. Uh, yeah, well, I am resilient. So I, I believe um, that I can handle anything. Um, because I understand how resilience works. That doesn't mean I can't get things wrong. I can't have things happen, so on and so forth. But I believe I'm resilient because I've worked a lot at it, particularly at the subconscious level. And I keep myself on track in this way, regardless of what's happening, because <clears throat> I'm very careful about some of the things we may talk about as top tips later on. So yes, I can make mistakes, of course I can. Yes, I can get things wrong. Yes, things can happen that I've created. But I make sure I take the right meaning from these things in order to maintain my ship's seaworthiness, <laughs> to use that as a metaphor. Nice, so I like it. So, so straight away we're into the mindset of I am resilient. What a great statement. So um, let's, so we're going to get into what it actually is in a moment from your own personal perspectives. And before we do that, the, 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 the aim of this course is about giving people ideas, knowledge and skills to cope more effectively with challenges that they face. And as Sarah said, they're not 
the big life-changing challenges. They can be day-to-day challenges and, and, you know, plate spinning. Or, you know, for some of us, that could be, how do I make my business work when there isn't much business around? So, so maybe some personal stuff, family stuff, business, finance. Um, and, and for others, it could be the spiritual element um, and, and exploring who they really are and what they really feel connected to or, or disconnected from at this moment in time. So also, you know, we can't get away from the fact that the pandemic has really, truly presented us nationwide with a whole host of thought processes that we never thought we would be having six months or so ago. So what what is resilience? Why do some people appear to bounce back quicker than others? And can I pose that question to AD? So so what is resilience? And why do some people appear to bounce back quicker than others? <clears throat> Two questions. And so the first one, uh, you know, and, and metaphors are everything to me because we live life in, in metaphors and we are our metaphors. But, but resilience for me is, is kind of your, your boat's ability to sail the sea successfully. Seas can change. They can be stormy or they can be flat. We talk about resilience for me when the, when the sea is stormy and our ability to turn into wind, face the storm, negotiate it, control our speed, and just to, just to survive the sea or sail somewhere else. And we're avoiding capsize and generally making the boats ride as stable as possible. If you think of a cruise liner, it has stabilizers, things that can keep it more stable in the sea to provide a smooth ride for the paying customer. So it's that sort of thing. I kind of think about it like that, and I use metaphors like that if they work for people. But, yeah, it's your ability to bounce back, really, from things because life's going to give us some stuff. 500 years ago, we might get one moment or two or three moments of brief pleasure in a day amongst all the pain. We might get two or three days of holiday a year because we were virtual slaves. These days, we're not used to pain. We think all our whole life should be, <laughs> should be lovely. So we, get, we have to get used to that. But there are plenty of techniques to see the bright, the, the bright side of life and to take the right meaning or a, an adaptive meaning or a positive meaning from anything that happens to us. That's a resilience for me, somebody who can keep things in perspective and always take positive learning. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. And Sarah, have you got any thoughts on that? I absolutely love Aidy's metaphor of the ship. And I think also it, it gets to the heart of resilience for me because resilience is about responding to stuff that is happening around us, but using our internal state to be able to make best of the opportunities that come up um, and create the perspective and the learning. You know, Aidy mentioned the learning. And when you sail that ship through, the stormy waters and you get to the other side or you change direction. That's where for me, the resilient muscles get built up because you get that feedback loop. The trick is, is when you're in that stormy sea is to find the techniques and the, the, the reach out to the support mechanisms that you've got to enable you to get through it um, and rise to the challenge. Um, so I, you know, I think Aidy's definition is absolutely fantastic and the metaphor I absolutely love. Yeah, and I, I know um, if, I, if I look back and I'm really honest here and, um, and true to myself, some years ago, I would have looked at that subject of resilience and, and you know, perhaps said, well, this is a demonstration of how strong I am and how, you know, rock hard I stand in, in the face of adversity and how I how long I can go without crying or showing any form of pain or weakness. But actually, for me, nowadays, being resilient is is going, do you know what? 
today is not so great. And I have my inner circle of people that I can phone up, email, FaceTime and reconnect or have as a sounding board to to just make everything okay again. I think that's the magic of a mentor, actually, um, in creating that perspective. You're reaching out to your support group, um, but particularly to somebody or a group of people that can give you a reality check, a perspective, and build that motivation and, and the scope, the vision of where you want to be as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So with that, with that in mind, so we've got the metaphor, we've got some thoughts around that, and we've got maybe some ideas around what, what we do. Um, where does it come from? So let's go to Sarah with this question. So where does this thing called resilience come from? Is it in our bones? Is it part of, you know, are we born with it? Or is it something that we can grow through life? I, I, it's something that I see is definitely something you can grow. Um, and I've seen that. And I've seen that with some of the mentees, the members of Reboot, definitely. Um, I also believe it's something that's internal. It's a mindset. Um, and there are moments where we do need to check in and just actually take a pause. But for me, it's about that mindset and that belief in yourself um, and perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. AD, what are your thoughts on that? Where does it come from? Um, well, I agree with Sarah, of course, and yourself, that, that it's definitely something you can learn because everything's learnable. We are learning machines. And sometimes as adults, we forget that. As we learn to walk, we learn to talk. And these are things that are trotted out in the personal environment, but of course they're true. And so remembering that learning is a process is, is a fundamental part of being resilient. Learning from everything we do is fundamental to growth. So, yes, we can grow. Of course, it comes from within. Because if we let things come from without, then we're in trouble already. So understanding that we create from within is, is a fundamental, is a deep sort of concept of personal development. And it's a sounds, and it can confuse me uh, in that level, but it just simply means, yeah, we, we create what, what's in front of us. If we're part of very powerful people, you know, every, every human is a very powerful person. So understanding that takes time and it takes a serious, you know, it takes time to join dots, have experiences, and again, comes down to taking learning. And it starts off, Fundamentally, again, we use that word too much, but it starts off with awareness. Awareness of how we're, what we're doing and how we're making meaning of the situation and meaning of our, our behaviours and results. But yeah, so I agree with Sarah. We're, we're, it's all about learning and it starts within. Uh, and um, for some of us, that awareness is different and it's changing or growing um, and taking on a different scope at, at various different points in our life. So have we got any thoughts, ideas and tips around how we can, in, its, in, in very simple, practical ways, start to develop some of that awareness, that self-awareness that's going to give us more of a handle on, on what resilience is or what we might need? I've got loads. <laughs> give us a few give us a few give yeah. these learners some thoughts well you know give me the hand when I'm talking too much okay Can we agree we on will. that we will we will the, the first one about awareness is to just allow yourself to become aware in any sport in any skill in anything trying to be right only gets you in trouble and creates anxiety so let that go for a start number one rule Never try to be right, just try to be aware. And then allow your awareness to sort of cruise over your self-talk because the quality of your experience, somebody told me once, a wise person, the quality of your experience is directly related to the quality of your self-talk. Your internal voice, you can call it that. There are various internal voices, you can go into that. But how you talk to yourself. So, number one rule of self-talk, 
be kind to yourself for your subconscious mind is nothing other than a very powerful child. And if you want a child to do well, you do well to avoid criticism and just treat it kindly. And everybody knows that on a sort of normal day-to-day level. Then another tip would be to make sure your imagination is helping you. Because our imagination is a very powerful thing and it helps us. And as long as we're using it to create positive imagination, but most often we get ourselves into trouble with our imagination. What, you know, what does it mean? What does that statement mean? Is when, when the person doesn't phone us or doesn't invite us to the party or somebody doesn't look at us the right way or they ignore us in the street, as I was talking to a client recently, the, the meaning they made of that was purely down to their imagination. Separating imagination from measurement is a, is a crucial skill that can be learned. But it comes down to awareness. What am I imagining here? When your kids say, everybody hates me, I use this often, and you, you guys here have heard me say this, you know, when everybody hates me, and you say, as a parent, what, everybody? Because you're separated. You're getting them to start measuring and putting some measurement around their world. Well, three people hate me. How do, and then you say, well, how, how do you know they hate you? How are you measuring that? How are you, how are you proving that? Now, these are good phrases to use with children and to use with self. So self on the inside is a big child. How am I measuring that? Because this can take the imagination out of your world quite quickly. And often it comes down to, if you want to find out if somebody hates you, you just have to ask them. And very seldom will they say, yeah, but most of it you can create. So that one. And, you know, another tip that comes to mind is, is really remember that you're more than your results. Everybody is more than their behaviors. And these are, these are phrases that's part of another tip I would give is use nice phrases. I call them maxims or, you know, you could call them mantras if you wanted. It's up to you, but use nice phrases like we give to our children to keep yourself on track. Failure is only learning. Failure is just information. We can only win or learn. We'll cut failure out from our lives. You know, I've got, I've got about 15 I give to people to say, choose one of those. Once we've done the subconscious work, we give them these things to use, to keep them as handrails on the side of your ship when it rocks a little bit or when it hits a wave. And, and finally, of those tips, I think, I'd say cut out the self-pity because that's the most corrosive of all the things when you're trying to self-develop. Feeling sorry for oneself is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is like a siren call. It's very easy to do and comforting. And it's like beating yourself up. That's got to stop as well. Mm. Got, to be, got to be kind. And there's a message from the universe. There's something fell off a, a shelf in my kitchen, I think. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> That's my thoughts for the moment. So brilliant, some brilliant tips there. So, and I've written them down and I'll put these in notes. So for anyone who's listening and wants to kind of go back over it and, and pull stuff out, we'll put some um, uh, some PDF resources on the, the system so people can access that. So Sarah, AD mentioned, you know, awareness, allowing, just giving yourself permission to be aware. Um checking in with self-talk and making sure that our self-talk is kind, um, you know, imagination versus reality and, and having that as a skill set, And then, and just having that deeper understanding around, you know, we are more than our behaviors. So in your experience, Sarah, what, or, you know, we, we're not talking about, um, we're not mentioning names on this podcast, but I know that you've worked with so many lovely people from this reboot community or even beyond that community of people and and some of your other um, experiences in your career. Have you got um, any great examples of people who, who can nail some of that stuff and be kind to themselves, et cetera? Yes. And I I think, um, Going back on what Aidy said, you know, the, the being kind and the awareness is absolutely essential. And, and that's the road, the journey, knowing that it's going to be um, 
there's going to be complexity. There's going to be challenge ahead of you is the first thing. Um, people understanding that. Um, some of the mentees that I've worked with have demonstrated massive resilience. Um, and some of that has been on the small stuff, stuff that's happening at home, particularly at the moment. And that awareness is difficult sometimes in the moment. But when you're getting a different perspective afterwards and you're being able to talk it through and actually identify what you did and what you could do differently next time is really helpful for people. So putting it into practice and in the moment understanding what the dynamic is going on. And when AD mentioned self-talk um, and being kind to yourself, they're absolutely pertinent. Um, I, I've got a, a, a mentee, um, her business got lost during COVID um, and at the point that she went down into the dip, um, she's picked herself up because she's seen a different way through it. So it's actually visioning, um, understanding where you're at, but also avoiding the complicity of a situation. So when um, AD mentioned self-pity, often who we're talking to will aid that self-pity um, because people want to emphasize with us. And I think what the mentors do brilliantly is actually reflect it back to people and saying, here are the options and helping people gain that perspective. Um, this lady, in, in, for example, uh, turned her business around, um, revolutionized it in many ways. Um, and she's going upward and onwards. Um, I have another um, who, on the resilience side of it, really has identified a pattern that when there's uncertainty and there's challenge, um, that she goes into a place where she feels anxious and she feels anxiety. And then once the change has happened, short while afterwards, it becomes actually acceptable to her. She faced it when um, we were beginning of lockdown. She faced it when her children went back to school. But just understanding that pattern has said to herself, I know where I am in this. And actually just removed it away, understanding where she is. Um, I, I, some of what the members have done in terms of their resilience is at the micro level and how they're responding. And what I've found is that the people who understand the context that they're responding it into, whether it's family and where they are in that moment in that context, so where they're resilient, where how resilient they're feeling in that moment will depend on how they, impact on how they respond. So understanding how they can fill up their resilience bucket by getting some time to themselves, being kind, um, actually ensuring that they're getting the, the stuff that they need to be the most resilient they can be is a level of awareness as well. Yeah. Um, and I know myself, you know, I'm, I'm working from home. I've got two children at home schooling. My bit where I'm less resilient or I'm not the best version of myself will be when, you know, I'm asked for cocktail sticks and glue sticks and bubble wrap um, in the moment <laughs> of everything. So they're the things that when I'm taking off course, if you think about the ship, and that's a really small drift off course, but that's the stuff that, you know, within that context where I've been building my own personal resilience by being able to get that perspective, understand what's going on, what's important, um, and choosing a different way of responding because there is a different way of responding. Yeah, yeah. And... Um... I think when Steve and I, Steve Thorthorpe is um, a love, an, another lovely behind the scenes reboot trooper who has supported me a lot in putting lots of the learning programs together. And him and I have had some really interesting conversations while this is being getting beefed out behind the scenes. And we, we keep saying at the end of our great conversation, we should have recorded that because there's some great stuff in there. Mm. Um, but Ultimately, he always goes back to the question. So having done this learning, having and at this and at the point that they're listening to this podcast or this information, the learners will probably be at the midpoint of the, the, the learning, the course. So, you know, his question is, so what is the biggest takeaway from from this information so far? And um you know, we know what it is. We kind of know what it is now. We know that there are some key characteristics and, and traits and things that can be developed. And Dr. Carol 
Pemberton's model is what we reference in this learning material. And she talks about uh, qualities such as self-belief, mm. elasticity, meaning making and, and, you know, connecting to what is my sense of purpose, etc. Um, our ability to find solutions and tap into solutions or look back at some of the resources that we've forgotten we had, uh, what support mechanisms are available to us. And I think that that one, when I when I look at that, that's a big one for me. So I've learned over the years to ask for help because I used to think that it was a sign of resilience to not ask for help. So that's that's been a big one for me in all of you know my years of exploring self. Uh, proactivity, so waking up with that can-do attitude, and as you've just explained in your little case study there, um, how can I, you know, re-engineer things so they're going to work for me? And we see that a lot in the rebooters. That's that's something that's really lovely, time and time again, to read about, hear about, and see happening in front of us. Um, Emotional control, I, th I think, you know, personal one for me, that's one of the trickiest things to manage. <laughs> Being a 47-year-old female with two kids, homeschooling and all of that stuff, you know, there's moments of explosion. And I think, you know, I'd be telling myself fibs if, if you know, that wasn't a subject worth exploring in more detail for myself right now. Um, and then the realistic positivity that's what she talks about so and I think we hear that in spades coming from AD you know his opening statement today is I am resilient and why are we not waking up in the morning and just saying that to ourselves I am resilient because as you know as we know it changes so many things in our nervous system which is what I want to come on to next and I'm going to come to you AD for this one um you know lots about the nervous system and how that serves us during times of pressure. Um, and, and at this point now, we know a little bit more about what we think resilience is and how, how we can find it and explore it in more detail. Um, but what... What happens when we are not so resilient? What is going on internally for us? Are you happy to share some well, thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I can share thoughts, but I'm not in any way knowledgeable, I would say, about the nervous system in terms of its, its science. or chemical. I, made, I, I make a point of not bothering to learn that because that doesn't help me working with people. Um, explaining how you, that system works. Isn't, I've never found that to create any change in anybody. But what I can talk about is how I see as a model it happening. Because I work in this area of emotion now, which is a funny old area because I'd have laughed at that 10 years ago. I wouldn't have had anything to do with it, as you've heard me say before. And Sarah has as well. And you can put so many different frames on all of this, it's frightening. But it, fundamentally, what I when somebody is not resilient, I see it as the information that they're taking from what is happening, they are using it negatively. And it's going to their heart and hurting them. So what does that mean? When you talked about, you know, if you were to have a little explosion in the house when your kids are doing this because you're under lots of stress, this is normal. You know, keep as Sarah points out, she's used the word several times, perspective, it's crucial. It won't do you any harm to say, being, you just drop back to these things, being kind to oneself. These things are allowed, we're human beings. And we're more than our behaviours. These, these, these sort of phrases that to use to ourselves are fundamental. Again, I keep using that word, but they are. They're basic, basic. They're very easy to say, and I've just trotted them out two or three times. It's, it's more difficult to get to use them, but you can get to use them by just remaining aware. 
people, whatever we do, if we fail, if we do this, or if it goes wrong, or we shout at somebody we didn't want to shout to, beating ourselves up is counterproductive to getting better. And that understanding is, again, crucial to resilience. Mm. We naturally want to beat ourselves up because we have values that provide a motive, motives for our behaviors. And then we use these values to crucify ourselves after the fact. Understanding that as well is another useful thing, very useful thing. So being kind to ourselves, which is self-talk, check our imagination, but keeping perspective. As this word has come up, again, Sarah's used it several times. I heard a, a young lady uh, I was chatting to the other day said, don't sweat the small stuff. And this is another phrase that we hear in personal development, but it's true. It's a small thing. Don't sweat it. There's bigger things on the planet. We're not in Idlib. We're not in Syria. We're not out murdering people. It's going through daily life. Keeping things in perspective. Mm. Yeah, the ability to, oh, sorry, I was going to say, so finally, that the ability to reframe everything positively is another skill worth learning. Everybody knew it. Your grandmother taught you. Every cloud has a silver lining. So look for the silver lining. It becomes a skill, a muscle, to use Sarah's great phrase there. It's a skill and a muscle that you can develop. And, I, and I, you've heard me say this perhaps, but I like that film where Steve Martin turns up to his house, the dream house with the family in the car. And everyone screams apart from Steve Martin because there's a plane sticking out of the roof of it. It's crashed into his house. His house is just bought. And he says, great. Amazing. That house is now pre-disastered. There ain't no way that can happen again. So even in that, you know, pulling, pulling the best, that's a skill. And it comes, and it's all linked to positivity. It's all linked to the ability to do this. But we can build this all the time, teach it to our children, teach it to ourselves, because we are children on the inside. And I, I think I, I, I kind of love him what you're saying there, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying hard here to uh, stand in the shoes of somebody who is. So they've done some work on themselves. They've perhaps got a mentor or a coach. They've put them through and put themselves through an experience where they've faced into a bit of change. They've, they've shaken up the snow globe. I love, I love the snow globe analogy and you know it's still snowing but the snow settling somewhere different now and the picture looks different etc so they've they've been through that experience they've asked perhaps mentors coaches they've they've done some learning um and what they're beginning to notice because lockdown has given them some time to reflect and they are noticing that actually it's the people in the world around them, in the environment around them, that are not helpful to them. So environmentally, they've got some tough challenges because potentially they could be in a situation where they, they can't move house, they can't change their geography, they don't have the financial, um, you know, security to to shift to make that massive shift um so they thought they were resilient but actually their environment is not helpful to them what can they do what can they do is they're going to be listening to this and thinking great i've got all the top tips i've done the change i've done this but guess what i'm still living in the same house and I've got these bunch of people around me. They're not the A star students. They're the they're the um, the grade the grade E and F students. And I don't want to hang around with them anymore. To use that as a metaphor. What are your thoughts, Sarah? Um, I'd always say work with what you've got. And constraints, even at the time when you think they're not, they are the, some of the most powerful innovators that we've got because. The moment you can recognize it, it's a constraint, you can think past it. If you get stuck on that constraint, that's where you stay. So for me, it isn't about being Pollyanna and being positive. Um, 
in a way without any context with it. But when you mentioned about purposive learning at the beginning and looking for a silver lining, there is an element of finding the stuff that you can alter, you can change, you can influence. And there is always things that you can influence and change. So the other, op other option is you take your status quo and that's what it is. Um, and I haven't met one person yet with that mindset that hasn't come out the other side and said, do you know what, actually there's some good that I can do here and I can make some changes. It's that realization. Um, you mentioned about people and situations that might be holding them in that space. They're also a change agent for other people. Um, and something that we've done in our own household, um, when Aidy mentioned, look for the silver lining, you know, how do we do that? Um, and I know I've spoken to you about this, Lou, you know, we do something over our dinner table, very small every evening, and we talk about the stuff that we're thankful for um, and that we appreciate about in each other. It's a fluid conversation. It's something that we enjoy doing. We've set it up. We don't even know we're doing it now. Um, but there's some education in there, and it's about the gratitude. What have we got that's great? Focus on what we've got that we can do. Um, and I often um, talk to people about paddling in the shallow depths of despair, because when we get a reality check, and we realize what we do have, um, then we feel much more positive about what we can do moving forward. And I know Aidy said this before, where you know you could take your um, your whole bag of situation into a into a, a community centre, leave it by the door and have a choice of taking somebody else as you walk out. So take somebody else's situation. 99% of the time, you'll pick up your own bag and walk out with it and make that the best it can possibly be. Mm, nice, nice. I like it. I like it. Any thoughts, AD, on environment and um, who we need to be hanging around with? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love, you know, because I, I, obviously we share, and, and why wouldn't we? Because these are, this is about resilience, we share these things, and I love what Sarah said there, it's exactly right. And, and what a lovely practical example of, of sorting your own thing out. I mean, of course, and, and me saying you've got you to do silver lining stuff, that, that, that's hard. But when you've, when you've been to the third world, which us, we have, when you've been in the military like I have or whatever, and you've been in situa various situations, and I'm not saying I'm a huge war veteran or anything, but all of the, by the time we grow up, we, we're quite capable of walking through the streets of London and seeing somebody in a sleeping bag down and out and understanding that anybody, anybody's situation can be a lot worse than ours. So looking for the silver lining is not necessarily easy, but it's necessary. Your choice, do you want to wallow in the self-pity or do we want to look at how lucky we are, which is Sarah's gratitude thing? These aren't easy because terrible situations people have to go through and personal loss and failure of dreams, so on and so forth. And coming back to your question, though, what was it? Because I've lost track. But what was the question you just asked me there? It's about, you know, there are, that there are people, there will be people listening to this conversation and they'll be thinking, it's okay, I've, done, I've, I've listened to my mentor, I've done the learning, I've evolved, I'm different, I've been in this so, process got for a while. It's, a, it's actually, hanging around. Yeah, Who's in your I've still world? got Who's people in your world? around me that are actually not helpful to me. And, well, I, and the reason I mention it is because I had an amazing conversation only yesterday when somebody, not actually from the Reboot community, said that very thing to me, and it was a great conversation. Yeah. Well, the truth, and to answer that question, and get back on that, this is, again, we are bio -psycholog biological, psychological, and social creatures. You can use that model. We have all these aspects that need to be managed, and the, and the social aspect is a, is a great one, and anybody that we work with to gain... You know, I work particularly to gain confidence, but then to maintain balance in the life and stay on track, as you guys know, because you play with this all the time as well, and you are you do the same job as me. Then we've got to look at who they're hanging around with, because you can be a positive energy, but you've only got you know you've got to manage that energy. And if you, you know, there's no way you, you you want to leave your positive energy in a place where it's always having to offset everybody else's negative energy. So who you hanging around with is crucial in your life. 
And it, and when people get more confident and positive and understand they can control their world, they often have some basic conversations with people saying, I love your company, but can we keep it positive? The other side of that is because we, we, we all know that the, the people that moan all the time, and that's a form of energy they get because we all want energy and it can come in positive or negative forms. Some people get used to, or some of us can, and I, I've totally been there in the past, where you can get used to getting your energy negatively and slap as good as a kiss when you want attention, some people say. But a child can learn to behave naughtily or well just to gain attention. So, but, so moaning and things like that, and people who are negative, they don't mean to be, it's subconscious, and just raising their awareness gently sometimes rather than just disting, distancing ourselves from the moaners sometimes. We just don't bother to talk to them. But actually, trying to control your energetic environment like that is another. Where once your awareness is raised and you start thinking, yeah, who am I hanging around with that is keeping me, you know, looking at the tough side of life? Yeah, and, and even that question in itself, who am I hanging around with, is massively empowering that we've, that we've developed that level of self-check Mm. And asking ourselves, you know, we're driving along, we're on our way to work or our next client or whatever it is. And we're, we are actually, the self-talk is saying, who am I hanging around with that's positive, that's healthy for me, that's enabling, helping me to grow and learn? Mm. Well, <clears throat> and, and, and can I jump in on that? Because there's other yeah. things here. It's who am I hanging around with? But I remember working with a, a, a young lad who'd got PTSD from the army and he was up all night. And I, and I asked him what I could, he was on his headphones and all the time. And I listened. I said, do you mind if I have a listen to what you're listening to? And he, he was listening to thrash metal. Now, there's nothing wrong with anybody. You know, I can't judge anybody's choice of music, but it's a very negative and music. And it, 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 it gave us a clue to his pain, but actually it wasn't helping him. Mm-hmm. It was allowing him to wallow in self-pity. And, you know, who we listen to on the radio, the news is important to keep a track of the daily. Of the daily but are we listening to the doom and gloom of the, of the stuff all the time? Are we listening to things that are inspirational? Are we listening to what music? Who, you know, what are we reading? What films do we look at? All of these things are controlling our energetic input. But the biggest ones, of course, is the energy we're getting from other people. Is it positive or is it negative? There ain't no in-between. Yeah, yeah. So I've kind of lost my place now. So, but have you got any thoughts further on on that? Anything you would like to add? Well, I, I think um, I, I've always called, and I love it when you talk about the energy because this is the energy that we give and we get. Um, and the people who are, are the energy takers, um, I always call them the mood hoovers. Yeah, um, and too. I think um, <laughs> there are questions about. Are there people that we can have those blunt conversations with? Can we keep it positive? Like um, Avi says, there are people who we might actually just not want to have conversations with, but also how can we change and help that dialogue? Because we can interrupt the pattern that we've been in with individuals. You know, we may have always talked that way. So how we go about that is actually like Avi says, you surface it, but you change the conversation. And I know that I've worked with some mentors, mentees, that have family members that have a negative dialogue gone on um, and they have altered it within the family dialogue because they've been the change agent. Um, the other thing is about the stuff that comes in, in from inside, which is where we talked about resilience being driven by, by our internal mechanisms. It's a self-talk. How are we talking to ourselves? Um, and Adrian's already mentioned this. Um, so tuning in, so what are the messages we're really saying to ourselves? And we say this, and I've heard the saying before, but until you actually start listening or even talking them out with a mentor and getting an understanding of the impact that has on you in terms of your energy level and your resilience, then it's un- unpacking that and working out where that might have come from. And that's the deeper level of emotional change that most people are looking for as well. Um, so, yeah. you know, there's the things that I would add. Yeah, and I've made some notes here while you guys have been talking and, and I've written down brave conversations, crucial conversations, and sometimes that's with yourself internally and then, you know, externally, brave conversations. So linking back to what AD was saying around, you know, we can politely let people know 
that they're not helpful to us right now. I hear what you're saying, but I'm feeling that it, that's quite negative and, and I'm not in that place at the moment. So can we keep it, can we keep it upbeat, please? Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be polite and brave and to the point, but that's a skill set in itself, which it, <laughs> I'm certainly thinking, oh, I can give this, uh, we've got another course coming up called Crucial Conversations, and that'll be live and in cl- classrooms once this pandemic is out the way. But I'm hoping that in those programs, we really do get people playing around with their bravery and, and you know, uh, imagining some of the scenarios that they'll find themselves in and, and, and being courageous, Sarah. Yeah, I, and, I, and I always think about this as a metaphor regarding food. You know, we, if we want to feed ourselves some really good stuff and be at our best in terms of energy, yeah. in terms of sleep and everything else, um, you know, our vibrancy, then that's an easy thing to pick up. We feed ourselves, that's what, we, what's what we're going to be like. The same is for the mind. You know, people are feeding us stuff all the time and we are feeding ourselves through our own internal dialogue. And that's the stuff that leads us to being how we are. And they're the things, once you tune into those, what other people are saying to you, what you're saying to yourself, that's where you get a big change. Yeah. So it's feeding um, you at a neurological level that's going to be enabling you to be your best. Yeah. And I'm... um, I'm being conscious of time here and we've got about, you know, another 10, 15 minutes of, of chatting. So I want to try and make some of the links to what is going on in the world around us today that, mm. you know, that is this pandemic and maybe switch the focus a bit on what have we noticed that is, that is brilliant that this pandemic has given us, this is a silver lining piece here now. Mm. Um, what has this pandemic given us and, you know, time and resources that, that, that we, you know, or given people that we know that we look at and observe and share our time with that is genius and brilliant and different to what they might never have had before. And I'll go to you, AD, with that, if that's Okay. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, this is an interesting one for me because it's been fine for me, and 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 that's but that's a privileged position. I I've, I spare and what I what I do like is having conversations with people in the lovely place I live uh, in the lane, and and some people will say, oh, this is miserable, but I like I'll have a conversation with the people that go, oh, this is this is fantastic, we're so lucky, we could be in a flat, top floor flat, with six people. Lockdown and and so just the just I like people's ability to show gratitude for our ability to show gratitude. Thank goodness for the good things we've got despite this. There are lots of people I know who are financially well a well resourced enough to be able to say, "Oh, I quite like this working less and doing that." And that's a very a privileged position. <clears throat> our position is privileged, and you know, we can help people who perhaps a bit more struggling uh, and reboots a great example of that. And it's done that already. Yeah. So I'm not, so people's resilience journey in, within reboot is purely down to their own circumstances, how much resilience they have to show. And, and but I do believe that a, a human is the most, well, of course it is the most resilient of all the creatures on the planet and the sentient creatures. You know, pe- people have put up with a lot worse than we've put up with in the past and will do in the future. And the human's ability, you only have to look at, you know, some of the mentees we've got, all the mentors with only one limb. And, and it puts, it's just a perspective. So, we, you know, it's pretty easy to keep yourself positive when you, when you focus on the tough state of somebody else's life. And we have how lucky we are even now, even now. So that's what I would say about that. Mm-hmm. And Sarah? Um, I think the, the, the opportunity to bounce forward um, and the innovation that it's given us um, and working with some mentees that have revolu- revolutionised what they're doing um, because of the current situation, the constraint that's been put on us has been fantastic. Um, the other thing is about 
spending more time with family, which represents a challenge and something that we're, you know, I've been talking to people hugely grateful for it. And that pause, um, because the pause that we've had, and it's not necessarily a pause for everybody in terms of time, but it's been a change, has given us an opportunity to look about what is our purpose? What do we want to be doing? Um, how do we want to be doing it? Who do we want to be doing it with? Um, so I don't know any other time in my lifetime that we've had such a significant, significant thing that's happened to so many people that has given us the opportunity to look at what we're doing and how we're doing it. And that's what I'm talking to most of my mentees about. Um, and they're taking the good stuff, the really good stuff, um, about how they might want to be working in the future and how they can articulate that to their organisation and have a voice. What it is they might want to be doing in terms of their purpose. The family, I was working with somebody only yesterday and the, the challenge of having family around is giving her the opportunity to practice the resilience in such a concentrated time that she's made a transformation in how she reacts. And that is absolutely phenomenal. And because her awareness has been heightened, she's given herself the perspective, she's decided what she wants to do instead and how she's going to do it, and she's done it. And that might have taken six months when you think about the opportunities that you've got. So, you know, it, there are so many great takeaways from where we're at the moment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I am. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I'm I'm just thankful for um, I think coming out the end that we're not some would say we're not in the end of it yet but you know there's definitely change uh, you know another centimeter every day society's getting back to what we remember to be relatively normal but there are there are many things that I reflect on and and that I am grateful for and they are conversations that I might not normally have time for and um, the time also to share a bit more trust in the people around you to to show their independence and to show you that they're growing up mum or they're I want to do this on my own and and actually I've got the time to be with them and invest in in seeing them do some of that stuff um, but some fantastic conversations just recently because people have had long enough now, three or four or five months, to embed some of the learning of what has ha- actually happened on a larger scale. And it's given that, them that space to think about what they are actually grateful for. Um, is really interesting, really interesting. And if I think about resilience, the resilience for me is very much being taken off your path and how you respond to that. Um, and what, what the current situation COVID taught us is that nothing was ever certain. And there's always going to be a level of uncertainness, you know, and uncertainty around and, and challenge. And I think the moment you get that and embrace that, that reduces the fear that people have and they pick up that resilience ball and they run with it. Yeah. Well, and, and I, can I can I say that you know, there's lots of people that are seeing less of their family due to COVID, mm. <clears throat> as well as seeing more of them. But these are all yeah. challenges. The ability to see the good side of it is going back to to what's our baseline things for doing things is trying to suck, suck the positive out of things. But again, this is and you've you've been doing it, you guys here now. So we're hearing your the positives you're sucking out of your, if you like, and that's brilliant. Because that, that's about resilience. Uh, I think one of the best things that's come out of COVID, there's, lo- there's lots of, it depends on your frame, which you want to look at it, but the, the silver lining frame is how much lovely behaviour and care and kindness people have shown for each other. Mm. Whether it's, I don't know, people's appreciation of the NHS and how lucky we are in this country to have a, as comprehensive a healthcare system and have it tested and proven it will get better for it. You know, we could be in America you know, the most advanced country on the planet where we can't guarantee to have (laughs) unless we've got insurance or money, you know, our kids looked after. So again, this is a reframe, but yeah, you know, you only have to walk down and see the care and attention people are offering. They're volunteering to deliver for all, you know, lots of people around here who are privileged where I live 
have been volunteering to deliver food and knocking on old people's doors or vulnerable people's doors. And just the, the sense of community has, has been likened to a wartime situation. So this is a huge positive that's worth, I believe, is that that's the thing to focus on rather than some of the other stuff that we, would be negative. And this is part of being resilient. But everybody's resilient. It's just the degree to which they're resilient. And, and I, I was also going to just say, what you picked up, you said earlier, resilience isn't just a, a mental framework, it's, like, it's physical as well. I was only talking to a mentee last week who her and her partner have decided because of COVID to set up, a, you know, becoming much healthier. So, you know, if they do get the virus, they've got more chance of getting through it um, in, a, in a way that is less impactful on them. And, you know, they've, they've changed what they're eating, they're changing what they're drinking, they're taking more exercise. So that awareness and what, what makes us powerful as human beings, and I also think that physical side is essential to resilience, whether it's sleep, nourishment, you know, that rest as well. Um, I know when I'm at my best, when those areas are being topped up as well. Yeah. And, and, and that's so true, and we know that. And you, as you know, I was a... By fair means, you'll fail the physical training structure in the Marines, and the, and, and, and physical, the whole physical side, just as our own nutrition... <clears throat> Excuse me. The Greeks knew it, and the Latin the Latin motto of any sort of physical training thing is <clears throat> something around healthy mind, healthy body, and and that, that's typically the Marines one. But we understand that if we want a healthy mind, we have to. The mind is the body, and the body is the mind. There's there's not really a definition these days that separates the two, mm. not one that works. So we are what we eat, we are what we do, we are who we connect with. <clears throat> All of these things are true. If you want, if you want to be resilient, if you don't, if you want to argue the opposite, that's okay too because you're allowed to. But your results will be your results around resilience, and I, and I do think that I've, this conversation has, has solidified for me some things. Is this resilience is a funny old word when we say we want to be resilient? We are resilient because we're still on the planet. The human race is what is clinging in. We might not be as resilient as the cockroach because we might not be here, but but at the moment. We are resilient. It's just the degree to which we are resilient, and we can increase that because that's as Sarah says, a muscle. Mm. And when we yeah. use it, it gets stronger. Mm -hmm. We've got to feed and it I, the right stuff. We've got to feed it the right energy, so on and so forth. And it's brilliant. I, I think that's absolutely fantastic. I think it's. I always think about when am I my least resilient, um, and that is when I'm tired. I'm hungry. I haven't got a good night's sleep. Um, I haven't got the people around me that yeah. support me. Um, <laughs> And I'd argue, yeah. I'd argue with you there, Sarah, because I'd say that's just you being tough on yourself. <laughs> Brazil is a bigger concept for me than that. You know, just because just because you might be a little bit mean to the kids, or you know, not be as loving as you want to be to the kids, does that equal lack of resilience? That's the meaning you make from it. So we're back down to that, you know. And I challenge because you you like this is the danger when you've got such high standards. I'm going back to what I said before. Hmm. That your, your values motivate your behavior, but they're the clubs yeah. you use at the end of the day. Be careful, be kind to yourself because this is just normal hmm. stuff. You are totally resilient, despite bringing, you know, it's the hardest job in the world bringing children up. You take the majority of responsibility as a woman, mm -hmm. you manage that. And on the mentees who I'm always most impressed with, and I've got lots, and there's a lady I know who's at the moment come to me for some stuff and then got breast cancer. She's got two children. She's living on her own. She's had a history of tough stuff going on. But she's still smiling, even though she feels terrible. Mm. And, and, and this is without any this is a natural resilience. Because yeah. a mother has to be resilient for her children. Because, you know, so this whole how you look at yourself is important because you've got to be kind to yourself when you mm. start deciding how resilient you are. This is how things work within circles. Recognize how resilient you are. And that's the spiral. Then you can mm. give yourself kindness and do all this. That's what we have to do. We have mm. to be kind. These are absolutely bedrock principles we need to adhere to. But very and easy I, to I, say on this podcast, but yeah. we can demonstrate that when mm. we're, <laughs> are we being yeah. kind to ourselves mm. all the time? And, and, I, and I, I really appreciate... Sorry. Go, Sarah. Go. As I say, I really appreciate what you said, A.B. And I think, you know, what is also interesting is something that I learned a long time ago and, and you've just, what you've just said has just reminded me of it is that I find it impossible to think a negative task when you've got a smile on your face. You know, a negative thought, impossible to think a negative thought when you've got a smile on your face. 
Yeah. Wise words. The, that um, is true. I think, I think, I think that we could guys talk about this all day and have probably one of the the best days of the week because it is interesting the conversation is always fascinating it's lovely to hear what other people have got to say and um it's and you can't have these kind of conversations without thinking and and you know thinking about some of the stuff that we're going to implement tweak change and reflect on so i can't thank you enough for your time and energy i really appreciate it and i'm aware that we need to bring things to a close soon sarah's sarah's got other commitments that she needs to be out on on time today so i want to say thank you um i know that people listening to this will get loads from it they really will um uh, and and before you leave or before i allow you to go um can I just get you to sum up what your top two tips or takeaways or things that people should or could try or do um, as your parting message, if that's okay? I'll go back to my top two that I've mentioned again is awareness and perspective. And I'd say create the awareness by being able to talk to your mentor and seek out different opinions, either for your mentor or wider community that gives you a different perspective. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for that. And Aidy? What I believe are the fundamentals I've already said. I'll add something else that might help and that's... And that's ask for what you want. And that's a big statement, as we know. And you and you guys and I know, we've talked about this before, but asking for what you want as opposed to what you don't want. You get it from your subconscious mind. If you want to be resilient, say, I want to be resilient. If you want to be confident, say, I want to be confident, rather than the opposite. I don't want to be, I, want, I don't want to be underconfident. I don't want to be, I don't want to lack resilience. But just ask for what you want. Just like you ask for your kids. If you want them to be quiet, you ask them to be quiet. Rather than, if you tell them not to be noisy, they may well be more noisy, so on and so forth. So just, I, I'd, I'd leave you that. Ask, ask for what you want when you have your self-talk. Ask for what you want. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I think what would, what would my takeaway be? Get yourself a nice glass of water and have a good night's sleep and it'll all be all right in the oh, end. Oh, yeah. And wear <laughs> that T-shirt you've got on. Wear that, get everybody to wear that T-shirt. <laughs> So, yeah, um, that's it. That's it from all of us. Um, I hope there have been some interesting, valuable takeaways from what you've listened to. And if you've got any questions for any of us, then by all means, drop us a note. Do that through Slack. You can call us. You can FaceTime us. We're happy with any form of communication. So good luck with the rest of the learning. And I will um, see you downstream. And thank you once again, team. Appreciate it. It's a privilege. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) See you guys. Be lucky. Bye-bye.